0: g Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings
1: from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good Morning to you, there, Maxer. I, by the way, he—it was yes. like sixty something yesterday. I sat out in the sun, got yeah. a little color and everything. I mean, I, yeah, I know you you're look, looking you at look, me like what, but yeah.
2: you look a little darker. You look
1: uh, almost—you're close to me. Just stay out there uh, a little longer. I'm close to human. Another three shades, I'll be back in the human spectrum of this makes color. Makes you feel
0: alive yeah. outside, yeah. doing stuff, enjoying the sun, people. Yeah,
2: it's—it's it's, uh, the, the 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 weather here. I love it, but the pollen is just—it's got me all still blessed. getting you, huh? Man, I'm tore up. You hear my voice? It's the whole, my voice is this way because of the scratchy of the, I have to, you know, the throat, you know, yeah. that whole. It's,
1: <laughs> Even if you're not allergic, I said this before on this show, but.
2: <laughs> my ear and stuff, Jay, you know that. In LA, hey, the hey, pollen Key, is so you big, say, You guys
1: don't have any
0: avocado cough drops? You guys yeah. don't have any of those out there?
2: <laughs> I, I'm sure if I, I'm sure if I <laughs> surf, it, 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 check out the landscape, I'm sure There'll be some 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 avocado somethings that I could probably take. I mean, I'm on everything you could think of, so you know.
1: So, uh, by the way, we're going to get into the Deshaun Watson news in 15 minutes and get a legal perspective, not to mention a woman's perspective from from Amber Wilson. And by the way, I, we all have daughters. I hate when guys like I can relate to this that's going on, some injustice against a, a group. In this case, women, because I have daughters. But we all do. And it's not to say we wouldn't be a- aware of some injustice if that wasn't the case. But when you do, it, it makes you it, it's easy to empathize. Right. It's it's very easy to imagine if that's my daughter and take it extremely seriously. Um, and nevertheless, none of us are women. and Amber Wilson is. And she's a legal expert. She's going to be here in mm, 12 minutes. There's another big trade from the NFL last week, and that's the best wide receiver in the game. I think it's safe to say Devontae Adams, if you, if you surveyed football people, right? Cooper Cup was just it had an MVP caliber year, but I think Devontae Adams is generally considered the number one guy at the moment, and he was traded to the Raiders. I, don't, I always thought, well, oh, Aaron Rodgers comes back to keep the band together. Even if they don't add to it, Devontae Adams comes back. It's not what happened. Here's Marcus Spears on first take.
2: Aaron Rodgers is the reason Devontae Adams is not there. This is not just this year, y'all. We are talking about this trade because it just happened. We've been talking about Aaron Rodgers not being wishy-washy with the Green Bay Packers for two years. And remember, let me remind everybody as well. We've been talking about, oh, they do Aaron Rodgers so wrong because they are devoid of talent. They have no weapons on the outside. So where are you now, Aaron Rodgers? Where are you now, Green Bay Packers? You better hope that one of these veterans want to sign there. But why would they want to sign there? They don't know if the quarterback is going to want to come back next year.
1: So, Keyshawn J. Will and Max is brought to you by Capital One with no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees. Banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions, that's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet terms apply? See capital dot com slash bank for details. Capital One NA member F D I C. So you heard you heard just now Marcus Spears key. What are your thoughts?
2: Well I wouldn't I wouldn't put it all on Aaron Rodgers that Devontae Adams isn't a Green Bay Packer. Devonte Adams made a decision based on a year ago when he wanted a long term contract and the Green Bay Packers were heeing and hawing and messing around. So he just became frustrated with them, but also at the same time said, I'm going to be a professional, I'm going to play this season, and when the season is over, if they franchise tag me, cool, I'm not going to play for them. And along the way, in the back of his mind, he, he already envisioned himself being a Las Vegas Raider, whether Aaron Rodgers were coming or going. Aaron Rodgers made it easier for him in the franchise tag made it easier for him to go to them and say, yo, I'm not I'm not playing with y'all no more. I'm done. Move me. So clearly, based on what they got in the trade, a one and the two, which is not nearly as much as I would have thought they would have gotten, on top of that, they didn't try to save the relationship. They just basically said, okay, we'll trade you. So it's almost like they valued the quarterback more anyway Mm -hmm. over Devontae Adams regardless. They valued the quarterback, whether he's going to be there this year, next year, and the year after, or whether they're one-year deals or whatever the case is, they looked at Devontae Adams as expendable anyway.
0: Key, the operative word that you use that makes all the sense in the world is value. And if you're Devontae Adams, I just want to be valued. So over these last couple of years, everything has been about Aaron Rodgers all the time, the internal politics, you know, the, and all these things where you're adhering to what's going to make life good for Aaron Rodgers. And I'm sitting here as Devontae Adams saying, how are you going to make life good for me? Like, I want to be valued too. Don't forget the, the kind of energy and the efficiency and the metrics that come along with what 17 brings to the table for Aaron Rodgers and this organization. So I think it's a combination of all of it. Where at the end of the day, you're like, I don't want to deal with this drama each and every year. Or I had to be paid the money for the long-term deal in order to deal with it. And you guys looked at me as an afterthought? Fine. I'll go somewhere where I'm at the first thought, not an afterthought.
1: Or one place is willing to guarantee 65 mil, and the other wants to keep you on a franchise maybe or work out something.
2: No, they offered, they even, offered they the that, same afterwards. I,
1: I, right. They matched after the fact. After the fact.
2: Yeah, they they kind of offered the same. But, but by the end, you know how it is, Max. Yeah. I'm already checked Ship out. Ship is sailed. Yep. Yeah, I'm yep. already – I'm going to do something different
1: with my life. Key, now that you know that Devontae Adams is not on the Packers, you spent the last year saying that from a football perspective, other than Cleveland at the time when they had Odell in them, right – the pack and that wasn't didn't seem realistic for Rodgers at the time. The Packers were the best, and then you also brought up uh, Tennessee at a certain point, which I thought was interesting because if he went to the SEC, the Packers were the best football place for him, right? If you knew at the time that it would not include Devontae Adams in that package, would you still say that up against the other up against yeah. the, the uh, like, up against, like if we knew ahead of time? No, no, I'm saying up against Tennessee, up against. Denver, Denver up against up against like let's rewind the clock and say we're talking Aaron Rodgers coming back to the Packers or going elsewhere say the Broncos or Tennessee or whoever. I would I would still say Green
2: Bay without Devonte Adams yeah I still Why? say Green Bay well because if I look at the other places Tennessee what do they have a, a strong running game and what else
0: AJ Brown I mean.
2: Uh, Again, I'll say it again. A strong running game and what else? Okay? Then when you look at Denver, a strong running game, a running game that rushed for almost 1,900 yards, and their best receiver was their tight end who is now gone to Seattle. He took all those catches and yards to Seattle with him. Uh, Cortland Sutton still, you know, eh.
1: Jerry Judy.
2: It is eh. interesting
1: how perceptions change. Like you know, the, when Patrick. I, eh. When when you looked at the acquisition of Julio Jones, you look at Tennessee and go, they may have the best wide receiver tandem in the league. It didn't turn out. Who that looked way. at
2: that though?
1: I, I, I never. I kept that was telling
2: Jay. I told Jay from day one. I'm like Jay. No, Jay. No,
1: man. I'm telling. I'm like Jay. No. no, no. What you said, Key, at the time was, "There's still a running team." Mm. This doesn't yeah. change what they do. But you. But my recollection is you thought Julio still had something left in the tank. I think he's good. I think
2: he can still
0: play, but he's not
1: Julio. Not not he, you he think he's he good? You don't
2: think
0: he's among yeah. some of the uh, elite receivers in the NFL? Because when I, I, I said, think, how I about AJ Brown, you said, like I, I said,
2: right Joe, you. I think AJ Brown is good, but he ain't Devontae Adams. There's a difference. You know how you like to say there's levels to this? There's a difference. He's good. He's a Pro Bowl receiver, but would I
0: rather have Devontae Adams, of course, or Brown? But Devontae is one on one, though. I mean,
2: by
1: the way, you know who doesn't have Devontae Adams? Aaron Rodgers. And this maybe now the Packers go out and for the first time ever, really, mm-hmm. use a first round pick because they have their draft picks. Use a first round pick on a, on a target for Aaron Rodgers. Remember but how long like- that wasn't the case. But that still ain't going to be Devontae Adams, right? I mean, when Probably you go not. get a college
2: kid coming into the NFL, the learning curve is, is, is really big. I mean, you can, you're not going to hit on Justin Jefferson and Michael Thomas as rookies all the time. It's just not going to happen that way. I think what the thing that they've got to do is they've got to shift their game plan and how they want to do things a little bit and not win, even though they're paying Aaron Rodgers a boatload of money, not try to win because of Aaron Rodgers. They need to try to win because of a system
1: now. Yeah, we're spreading. Maybe they think they'll spread the ball around more now. Uh, Keyshawn J. Willimax is presented by Progressive Insurance, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. So the Browns went all in on a guy who was all out for the entire 2021 season. That's next. Keyshawn J. Axe, ESPN Radio,
3: ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com.
1: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
2: The Cleveland Browns are trading with the Houston Texans and acquiring quarterback Deshaun Watson. I'm ecstatic that we signed um, Deshaun Watson, and I'm ecstatic because it's time for a new chapter. Deshaun Watson is a competitor. I'm pretty sure he's probably listening into these radio stations to see how the city is embracing him, and I feel like this is what we should do.
1: Keyshawn J. Willimax, ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. We're joined now by Amber Wilson. ESPN radio host, Amber, is a trial attorney practicing business and family law at the University of Miami School of Law. Uh, Amber, good morning. Thanks for joining
4: us. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, first, we've been discussing Deshaun Watson. What was your uh, initial or, or general reaction to the brain the, the Browns trading for Watson?
4: Well, I think the general initial reaction was the surprise in terms of the destination, right? Because I think that it was probably even a surprise to Deshaun Watson that he ended up going to Cleveland at the end of things when we all expected that it'd probably be Atlanta or New Orleans down the stretch. And so he ends up going to Cleveland. Then we hear the terms of the deal and it starts making a little bit more sense because he had 230 million reasons to move to Cleveland, Ohio. And the picture all became a lot clearer. And so then my shock, I think, turned to just the historic nature of this deal. Because we're talking about a deal that I don't think looks a cent different or even a pick different had it happened when he initially requested a trade, which was before 23, 24 women accused him of sexual misconduct and sexual assault. And so... It's pretty incredible that after all of this and all of these accusations, his trade value seemingly was not affected one cent. And I know some people thought the Texans would get even more than they did, which three firsts still only the second time in NFL history that's ever happened. But what really prohibited more, you know, third and fourth being thrown into this deal was the no trade clause. That wouldn't have been any different had these women not accused Deshaun Watson of these things. So it seems, based on this deal and the historic nature of it, that 23 women accusing him of sexual misconduct and sexual assault, 22 pending civil actions, the nine criminal complaints, none of it ended up mattering in the end, at least in terms of his value in the NFL. And that, to me, was surprising.
0: Amber, speaking of the historic nature of the contract, that $230 million guaranteed, do you have any issue with $1 million base salary for 2022, the way they were able to backload the contract due to the suspension that is probably inevitable by the NFL?
4: I I think the NFL should have an issue with it because the Browns here are aiding Watson, essentially in circumventing. NFL punishment right because now uh, and we could just take this as just a pure violation of league rules where the league wants to flex its authority you know punish a player and where are you punishing the player really you're punishing the player in the pocketbook with a suspension that's where it's going to hurt most for Deshaun Watson except for now the Browns have aided Watson in getting around that and that definitely weakens the authority of the NFL and their ability I would imagine to punish players for any sort of violation nevertheless this This one, And obviously the optics of this one look terrible because of where we sit in 2022 and the things that we say about we care about these sorts of accusations. And now if he gets suspended, uh, you know, six games, it tends to be the protocol for these sorts of things. Maybe it'll be a little bit more than that now that the regular season is longer. But we're talking about Deshaun Watson losing what? Maybe a few hundred thou for... 23 women accusing him of sexual misconduct and sexual assault. And I don't have much experience, guys, in being worth like 300 mil, but I would imagine maybe I should ask Max, but I would imagine that if I was, a few hundred thou would be like a Tuesday night, you know? I mean, it basically amounts to a whole lot of nothing. And that does seem for me to be a problem for the NFL moving forward. I don't know what the NFL does about it. Maybe they end up levying a huge fine. That would be pretty historic in nature. It hasn't happened in the past in these sorts of situations, but I don't think the NFL can allow teams and players to circumvent the NFL's own rules. I mean, Calvin Rid- Ridley's losing what, 11 million for a parlay? And and here you have Deshaun Watson accused by 23 separate women of these heinous things, and it's going to cost him hardly anything at all.
2: Amber Wilson, radio host and attorney on ESPN, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Amber, you have a, a legal background, and, and I want you to explain to the audience why. Uh, teams felt comfortable going after Deshaun after he wasn't indicted by the grand jury?
4: Well, let's be clear. It seems like teams might have been kind of going after him before, right? Because there was those reports that maybe the Dolphins and the Texans were having conversations before the trade deadline last season about Deshaun Watson, obviously before we had any resolution with the criminal investigation. So maybe there was already interest there. But the real interest comes because the obvious answer here is that if he had been indicted, he would have been placed finally on the commissioner's exempt list, and we would have had no idea when he would have played football again. So there would have been no point in trading for him at that time, and he potentially could have been, of course, facing jail time. So it would have been a much lengthier process in that regard. The second that wasn't happening, and you knew he could play football right away, because, of course, players play through f- football all the time through civil cases. I mean, the reality is that teams don't care so much about civil actions. If they did, they would have, frankly, hardly any players because there are all sorts of guys being sued for all sorts of things around the NFL. And frankly, you know, rich people get sued and there's a lot of those in the NFL, of course. And so there's a lot of civil cases for all sorts of stuff all around the NFL. And, and a lot of the times teams are aware of it, but guys, of course, are playing through civil actions. And the other reason for that is that civil actions can be so, so lengthy. And you're talking years and years and years before you have any sort of resolution often and typically they settle at some point and it's a sealed settlement you never really learn anything about it or, or the terms of it and so it's kind of a very different ball game when you're talking about civil actions those just don't concern people the same way of course as hey this guy might not be available to me because he might be serving jail time at some point so that's really why the teams moved once they knew that there was no criminality in this
2: Amber, what should we know about the burden of proof in cases like this uh, when it comes to a grand jury?
4: There's an old adage amongst lawyers that a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. I mean, it's typically if your case is in front of a grand jury, it ain't a good thing. Uh, You're probably going to be indicted at least more often than not. He wasn't here. Uh, There's been a lot of confusion around that. I see on social media all the time. People think that that means that, you know, he didn't do these things. It it doesn't mean whether he did or or did not do these things, frankly. It just means that there wasn't enough. Evidence, probably not enough direct evidence for a grand jury to be comfortable charging him with crimes. You know, there's no video, there's no recording of these incidents. Maybe it was a he said, she said type of scenario, and the grand jury wasn't comfortable, uh, you know, with his civil, with his liberty at stake, of course, indicting him with a crime. And so it really has no bearing on what happens, frankly, in these civil actions as well, but it does let us know that most likely there is a lack of evidence on the civil side too and although the standard is lower in civil court than in criminal court uh, much lower they just have to believe that it's more likely you did these things than not it's still called a preponderance of the evidence because you're making that determination based on evidence so there's still got to be evidence that you did these things in other words, it maybe means that the cases against Watson, at least some of these civil actions might be a little bit more weak than we originally thought. Uh, that doesn't mean that he won't be found liable in these civil actions, but most likely it'll never get to that point in this process, frankly.
1: Talking to Amber Wilson, host, uh, ESPN radio host and uh, uh, trial attorney practicing business and family law. Uh, Amber, did it surprise you? What Tony Busby, the attorney representing the 22 women accusing Watson of sexual assault, did it surprise you that no team, according to Busby, including Cleveland, contacted him prior to the trade for Deshaun?
4: Well, I think it was telling that he said they didn't contact him or the alleged victims. They didn't contact any of his clients either. I I don't know if contacting the lawyer uh, would have been as important as maybe speaking to some of the women if the women we're willing to speak. But no, I guess nothing really surprises me at the end of the day. I mean, the Browns said they did an extensive investigation. I, I don't know. We have no details about what that entails. It, it feels like it should have you know, maybe included some more on that side of things um, from the victim's allegations. But uh, we do know that the investigation, I guess, uh, entailed sitting down with Deshaun Watson, I really don't know beyond that. Uh, You know, did it come down to, hey, we're watching game film. The last time he played, he was pretty darn good. That's our investigation. I don't know. I I, I say that in jest, but, uh, you know, what could the investigation have been? But I would say that, you know, frankly, nothing surprises me anymore. I mean, the reality is, Max, that we're talking about a top five quarterback the last time we saw him, and he's incredibly young and... He now just rested for a year, so hey, he's probably going to look real good the next time we see him. In fact, he might have just lengthened his career. This whole situation might have just lengthened his career and lengthened his paychecks. So, really, we know the reality of the NFL. That's what matters most is how well he plays.
0: Amber, I- I'm curious how do you how do you personally feel about this situation and the NFL in general?
4: I mean, this isn't personal to me, and I listen. I should be I should be clear because I. I represent my firm represents dozens of NFL players and we've represented NFL players against all sorts of things and in all sorts of civil actions. And so I've had a front row seat to a lot of different things that NFL players, of course, have to defend themselves against. And they have deep pockets and there are situations where people try to take advantage of that. I have never had a client, though who has had 23 separate women accuse him of anything. And I certainly have had never had a client who's had 23 separate women accuse him of anything very, very publicly where we all know about it. I mean, you guys said I'm a ESPN radio host. I practice law on the side. I don't run into conflicts very often because frankly, even though I have some very high profile clients at our firm, frankly, the media doesn't normally we don't normally in the media talk about civil actions. We're not normally discussing civil allegations often. This though, this many, this publicly, uh, and for it to have not affected anything here, that has been remarkable, even for me, who has had a front row seat to a lot of this stuff privately it's still been remarkable to me that 23 women can come out and accuse you of all these things so publicly and that you get paid like a free agent four years before you would have been one and that you're setting historic deals of you know more than 80 million more than than the other historic guarantee that we saw this offseason it's that portion of this has been I think disheartening I and I just wonder like what would have what would the threshold been then? Like, if fifty women came out, or like hundred and fifty women, would would it have affected any? Like, would we be talking about two hundred mil instead of two hundred and thirty mil if it had been hundred and fifty women accusing him of sexual misconduct and sexual assault? And I, I do think that that is terrible optics for the NFL in two thousand and twenty-two. Seems to
1: me the cal- the calculation there, according to the equation, is it doesn't matter how many. Like, t- as you point out, the twenty-two. 22- open civil cases. It's not he said, she said, it's he said she, said, she said, she said, she said, she said, she said, I mean, at a certain point. But after seeing this case and and the new contract, uh, Amber Wilson here on Keyshawn J. Willamax, do you expect, is, in your experience, do you expect him to settle these cases now?
4: Well, the huge majority of civil actions settle, right? I mean, over, well, less than 2% of civil cases ever go to trial. And one of the reasons for that is it's a calculation that civil actions go on for so long, they're so expensive and, and you look at it and you think, okay, I could spend, you know, we're talking millions in lawyers fees for Deshaun Watson in defending himself here. So, you know, it, some of it comes down to a calculation. I could spend millions in civil fees, taking this or lawyers fees, taking this to trial, or I could, you know, throw some millions at it and make it go away real quick. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. That's just an example of how people factor this in and calculate this when they're going through these sorts of processes. If he does, so in other words, he's probably settling. Uh, He might get some of these booted if if they're weak from court. It would be really, really unusual for any of them to go to trial. Highly unusual. And that's not a Deshaun Watson thing. That's just generally a civil action thing.
1: Amber Wilson, thank you for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Amber. Thanks for
4: having me, guys. Mm-hmm.
1: Incredible insight. Yep. Yeah, well, wow. I mean, well, listen. For more on this story, mm-hmm. you can tune into ESPN Daily podcast with Pablo Torre and Mina Kimes today. The ESPN Daily podcast bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters. Presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily. Available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And, and one thing that Amber Wilson just said that stands out. When it comes to the NFL's reaction that I think we need clarity on. Key, Sean, Jay, Will, and Max, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Get the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless. All right. Key, Jay, we've been talking about it all morning. Deshaun Watson traded to the Browns on Friday. Deshaun will receive a new five-year, fully guaranteed $230 million contract. It's a record highest guarantee ever given an NFL player. The trade comes a week after a Texas grand jury declined to indict him on criminal charges stemming from lawsuits filed by 22 separate women who have accused him of harassment and sexual assault. (laughs) Watson is expected to be suspended by the NFL. He'll also have his base salary for 2022 reduced to just a touch over a million dollars, 1.035 million, million, dollars So we asked Amber Wilson if she had an issue, it's an ESPN radio host and an attorney, if she had an issue with the Browns reducing Watson's base salary to about a million dollars because then any suspension really doesn't hit him in the pocketbook. Here's what she said minutes ago.
4: I think the NFL should have an issue with it because the Browns here are aiding Watson essentially in circumventing. NFL punishment, right? Because now, uh, and we could just take this as just a pure violation of league rules, where the league wants to flex its authority, you know, punish a player. And where are you punishing the player? Really, you're punishing the player in the pocketbook with a suspension. That's where it's going to hurt most for Deshaun Watson. Except for now, the Browns have aided Watson in getting around that, and that definitely weakens the authority of the NFL and their ability, I would imagine, to punish players for any sort of violation. Nevertheless. this one,
1: so, so, Key, the first question I have, and I, I, my assumption is that it doesn't work this way, probably, I imagine this is CBA issue, labor union issue, but could the NFL potentially target a suspension uh, for a later date in a way that does hit them in the pocketbook if they so choose? Or is it, in other words, could the NFL say, you know what, we're reviewing the contract, uh, the suspension doesn't really come with a hefty uh, financial punishment. Therefore, we are suspending the suspension for a year. He's going to play this year, next year, the following year. Or is that just not something at their disposable or, or, or disposal? Because if it's not, then Amber's right. They are circumventing the NFL's authority in a way here, uh, it seems to me. Anyway, that's, that's, that's where my brain goes.
2: No, I understand what you where you're getting at, Max, in terms of trying to figure out how he could pay a more harsh, severe uh, financial uh, punishment. But let me take you back to Deflate Gate. Remember that? You know, Tom Brady was suspended. Mm-hmm. The New England Patriots went and removed his salary, and moved it to a bonus structure so Tom Brady wouldn't lose money, knowing he was going to be suspended. So it's not. This is not new in the National Football League. And I didn't, when Amber was on with us, I didn't want to interrupt Amber or, or Jay when he asked the question because this is something that's been done before. It's not anything new. So certainly Deshaun Watson and his camp didn't come up with this particular idea for the first time in the history of the National Football League. Uh, is it wrong for them to do if that was the reason that it's being done? Yes, it is. Um, and I don't pat anybody on the back for trying to go around the rules or break the rules or whatever the case is to save him money. Uh, He's going to be hit hard, I'm sure, when he does settle, if he settles, or when he goes to trial uh, based on the allegations and the information that's out there in the civil case with him. So he's going to have to pay some money somewhere down the line. It just may not be in his first year's base salary.
0: Key, I, I can't. I, I can't even allow us to put the flake gate in this in the same breath. And,
2: and, no, it's I, not. It's not about putting I, I, the gate in this you're, in the same
0: I, breath. It's giving context. I know. I know. I know, I know what you're what doing. What they're doing with his salary. I understand, but they're completely different scenarios, and I understand how the Pats were able to kick that one down the road. But like what we're talking about here is twenty-two, twenty-three women even though he has not been indicted by a grand jury who have civil cases out. And I I don't believe circumventing around the NFL's authority sets the right precedent for a matter of this, of this regard, like of, of how important a statement like this is in the year 2022, when women feel like their voices have not been heard as it relates to the NFL in general. And I just, it's, that it just sets such a wrong – it leaves such a bad taste in my mouth. Like, it, And I'm a huge fan of the NFL. And like, you know, and I, I appreciate, Amber, that when I asked about, hey, personally, how does this make you feel, she took it and said, hey, it's not personal, it's about precedent, right, about what I've seen in my experiences representing NFL athletes. And she also said something that really blew my mind. She said, you know, the fact that his trade value or the picks, nothing looked different from what it could have been before the 22, before the 23 people – just kind of sets the tone in general anyway. It just, um, I, uh, yeah, it's even tough for me to even word, to yeah. put into perspective.
1: Yeah, I, again, for me, it's like it's not an issue of not believing the accuser or believing the accuser when it's one person accusing someone of something. And Amber mentioned it. Her firm has defended NFL players who are have money and are therefore targets. And sometimes the accusations, I'm sure, are true and sometimes are not. This is 22. It's not he said, she said. It's he said, she said, she said, she said, she said, she said. said. And I can understand what you're saying, Jay, about about the kind of message that could be sent. It's like it's not just that you don't matter. It's that none of y'all matter, right? No matter how many you pile up, not only will nothing change, nothing will happen, essentially. Although, to be fair, let's see what the NFL does and how this all shakes out. We're still in the middle of this process. (laughs) What we know so far is Deshaun Watson is now getting – The biggest guarantee in history when he's years away from free agency and he's also in a much better football situation on a team where you could win a Super Bowl. So that is going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial, auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. We stay in Cleveland because we got yet another LeBron homecoming next Keyshawn, J. Willimax on ESPN Radio, ESPN2.
0: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers
2: high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click
0: or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
3: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
2: The Keyshawn, J. Will, and
1: Max podcast. Here's LeBron into the front court. Johnson to LeBron. There he goes. Down the middle and in. And there it is. LeBron James is now second all-time in scoring in the NBA.
5: I can't separate the fact that um, we weren't able to get this win um, you know, you know, with me accomplishing that because at the end of the day, you know, all I care about is wins and losses.
1: Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance. Join now by Dave McMenamin, ESPN Lakers reporter. So clean, clean. Key goes back to the seven ten days in L.A.
2: Oh, man, Lakers, 17, all that. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: like, more like 9-10, 10-11 uh, like D- seed. Dave, yeah, right. Dave, um, <laughs> welcome. Good morning. Uh, so, yeah. you know, when people talk about the greatest of all time, peak value, to me, that's the Jordan conversation. Career, like championships, that's the Bill Russell conversation. Career value, that's the Kareem conversation. And LeBron is certainly in that Kareem type of territory now. He passed Karl Malone for second all-time in scoring. You've covered LeBron for a long time. How important was that to him?
5: I I think at, at some point this season, not just the Karl Malone scoring record, but also the season scoring title uh, to be able to do it in year 19 became an additional carrot on the stick for LeBron because he wasn't going to let go of the rope, but he's also a pragmatist on some level, a basketball genius on another level where he could recognize the kind of the bad brew they had with this roster. But what can keep you motivated to continue to go through the daily regimen one has to at year 37 in order to put yourself out there to be a professional athlete. And it's just a little extra bit of an incentive for him. Um, I, I truly believe in that soundbite that we heard, it's all about wins and losses. Quite frankly, I think he played in Washington coming off that great overtime win in Toronto on Friday when he probably shouldn't be playing back-to-backs at this point it probably doesn't serve him in the long run, but he wanted to prove to the group that, like, hey, we just got this big team win. My selfish kind of action would probably be to sit, but for the good of the group, I'm going to play in Washington. Because selfishly, like, him doing this on on Monday, uh, you know, with more eyeballs um, not on the SLA tournament and also in Cleveland where he has – is his most fervent fan base, probably the bigger moment for the Pasquale Malone. Uh, but he decided to play in order to show the Lakers that, hey, there may only be 12 games left, but I'm going to give everything I have, and if we can pull rabbit out of the hat, let's try.
0: Hey, Dave, this is the first time that I can see that LeBron's winning nature doesn't ultimately have an effect on the culture of the franchise this year, right, with obviously the results of the Lakers' season to date do you think that dampens the season that lebron is having having for people on the outside looking in
5: yeah yeah certainly Jay, i mean on some level we are judging his performance based on his own past performances and so when he won mvps in the past he's on teams that led the league and wins and so that's that's part of it i i think the shifting conversation for me is just what is he compared to other historical greats in their 19th season? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I looked up Kobe Bryant stats earlier in the year, Kobe in year 19, averaged 22 points on 37% shooting from the floor, only played 35 games because of injuries. And in those 35 games, the Lakers went 10 and 25, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but he's Kobe, and so it's funny. Like people were talking about Kobe after LeBron made that decision in Houston. Uh, they lost to that terrible Rockets team. Those thirty-six games under five hundred, where LeBron drives baseline, and he's kind of caught under the basket rather than trying to reverse. He passed up to Melo for an open shot, and people were saying, "Well, oh, Kobe would have Kobe would have shot it." Well, Kobe did shoot it in year nineteen, and he shot thirty-seven percent from the field, <laughs> and they went ten and twenty-five in those games. So I think, to me, that's the greater context for LeBron. Just compare him to other greats at this stage of their career, and he is blowing them all out of the water.
1: Yeah, There's no precedent. It's like Tom Dave, Brady. Is, no
2: is, precedent. is Dave is is Frank Vogel on borrowed time right now? Like, is this are we coming to a close basically on his Laker tenure?
5: Yeah, certainly, most likely, Keshawn. Like they decided that there was no benefit to removing him from the post this year, partially because they don't feel like they had a clear-cut candidate on their bench who would be better. Uh, And also just out of the holding on to that fringe of an idea that he's proven to be a good postseason coach. And if somehow things break the right way, they win the play in and they play a hobbled team in the first round and get an upset, Anthony Davis is back. Then, Hey, maybe Frank Wilton can earn his job back. Uh, but I, I think it's certainly an uphill battle for him from this point on to, to be back on the sidelines for the Lakers to begin next season.
1: Dave McMenamin, ESPN Lakers reporter here on Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Dave, you mentioned Anthony Davis. Now usually you can pencil him in for like 60 games. You think he's going to miss a quarter of the season, but in that in that three quarters of the season – and as it unfolded, especially as a second banana, wow right thirty seven games this season so like when can we expect to see him at what level you know all that
5: yeah I mean it's been a major disappointment and it it's kind of the 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 irony part of the season was that LeBron and a d both looked at their last season and said, man we missed so many games we gotta account for that maybe happening again and get a star who can be reliable and in there in case that happens. They, you know, they kind of push the front office to take a look at Russell Westbrook. Russell's come in. He doesn't miss games. Uh, He just hasn't impacted winning. Uh, But as far as AD coming back, you know, you're looking at maybe the last week of the regular season. At this point, there's 11 games left. Maybe he can come back with, Four or five left. Uh, there's a back-to-back mixed in there. You probably don't expect him playing back-to-back at that point. So let's say maybe he plays four games. Uh, that's the type of ramp up. If things go continue to go well and doesn't have any setback, that they can expect. And you know, I, I do think seeing him come back from the MCL and play pretty darn well right out of the gate, uh, that is an encouraging sign that like mentally. He's found a way to like put himself in a place, as long as his body is okay, that he can pick it back up and be immediately an impact player when he does return.
1: Dave McMenamin, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Uh, uh, that's super interesting to me that mm-hmm. LeBron, one of the – like, why get Russell uh, uh, Westbrook? doesn't seem like a fit. Well, LeBron and AD, hey, we miss a lot of games. We need someone who can carry the team when we're out. So it's not, like the, it's not like the fit wasn't right because that's the reason they got him. It's that the plan didn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson traded to the Browns. Is it even the biggest move in his own division, though? That's coming up. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.